Hello. Today's episode is brought to you by Octane Inc. Octane Inc. with a K. Octane Inc. specializes in vehicle wraps, snowmobile wraps, custom apparel, and race car lettering. With a deep history in motorsports and the love for anything fast, Octane Inc. has quickly become the Midwest's premier one-stop shop. Anything you want customized with your business logo or personal monogram, they can make it happen. Visit OctaneIncLLC.com today or find them on any social media platform. That's OctaneIncLLC.com. All right, we're also brought to you by Mountain Mud Sunscreen. Yes. Not that time of year yet. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're indoors, quarantined, you don't need any sunscreen. Maybe, maybe not yet, but but you might later. Um, especially if you're if you're a little pallid, a little on the on the pale side. Um, just stalling here as I look for the ad copy. Mountain Mud Sunscreen is a biodegradable, reef-safe CBD-infused sunscreen made with organic food-grade ingredients using non-nanotized zinc oxide as the only active ingredient. Each 2.5-ounce tin has 200 milligrams of CBD isolate and is based on an FDA-approved recipe. It is FBF 35, water-resistant for a minimum of 40 minutes and shelf-stable for two years. Available for purchase at Mountain Mud Sunscreen. Dot com Again, that's mountainmudsunscreen.com. Lastly, our old friends at Baba G DIY Edible Kits. Are you cooped up in your home? Has the liquor run out? Have you smoked the last of your herb? Do you have maybe some THC oil handy? Is it legal in your state? Well, if so, get yourself a Baba G DIY Edible Kit. They have candy mixtures and molds to make uh, a delicious gummy edible for you. Uh, check them out at OregonBaba.com, OregonBaba.com. One more time, OregonBaba.com. All right, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Hey, You're Gonna Be Okay, Ha, Happy Hour. Uh, I'm your host, MP Standards. You can call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. Um, how you doing? I am drinking a coffee. A cold coffee in a can. Mmm. The sugar. I'm double fisting. I also got a, a bottle of kombucha. Haven't opened it yet. Um, that's pretty much par for the course. Happy Thursday night to you. Uh, I assume you're, you're cooped in. Still inside with the quarantine. How you how you how you managing? Is it start? It's starting to get. Uh, it's not cute anymore, is it? First couple days, you're like, yeah, this is. I can get behind this. I could be a hero by being a lazy ass. That sounds. I sound like just the man for the job. Uh, but then, get a little cabin fever here. Good God, I've been cooped up in my parents' basement, and I gotta ask you guys. The people, I don't know if it's a, if it's a common thing or if it's a, a, a cliche, the old living in your parents' basement thing. How the fuck do you guys do it? I mean, at a certain point, wouldn't you just rather be homeless? I mean, nothing against my parents. Don't get me wrong. It's just, what the fuck? 
I find myself sleeping until noon. Like, just like, is that like a sign of depression? I mean, why wouldn't you be depressed? Every fucking, the country is shut down. Um, it's horrible. Horrible thing. And these, um, and we're, we're, we finally, we finally got beyond a thousand deaths yesterday, which I thought we would have surpassed that. I, my last podcast, I figured by the time my last podcast went up, we would have surpassed a thousand deaths, you know, cause the flu kills that per day on a bad winter day. Um, but no, we, we finally surpassed it now and buckle up boys and girls buckle up because the next two weeks you're going to get inundated with fear porn to a degree that you've never seen, uh, ever, ever, because, uh, you know, this, there's going to be more deaths. This thing's just getting started. It's not a big deal. I maintain statistically, but cause a thousand's nothing. It has to increase by a multiple of a hundred just to get to a, you know, to surpass a bad flu season. And, uh, we are far from that. I, I think we'll top out at, I know it's gross to place an over-under on deaths, but I would place the over-under at, I don't know, 70,000. I think that's a healthy over-under, you know, as opposed to these douchebags. 28.5 million people are going to die. How do you know this? How? How do you know this? And it's getting a little fishy here with all these famous people. Prince Charles, Sean Payton. Who else is there? All these people in the public eye testing positive. They don't get sick. Don't get sick. And it's like, well, they, they're rich, Matt. They have access. No, they don't. They're, there is no medicine for this shit. doesn't matter who you are. You get this disease, they're like, go rest, drink some fluids. Get some vitamin C. Maybe they'll tell you to get some vitamin D. If they're not, you know, if they know a little bit about that. Um, but, but they're not getting sick. Not getting sick. How many of these 1,000 deaths were from other ailments? I still would like to know. You know, you have cancer and you contract pneumonia and the flu and you die. Do we measure that as a flu death? Maybe we do. I don't know. I'm, I'm just asking. And if we do, then I would also measure this as a coronavirus death. But I don't think if you if you got cancer and you catch a little pneumonia or a flu on your way off, you know, on your way out the door of this of this plane, I don't think you can say the flu was what killed you. Just like I don't think these old folks dying of other conditions are dying of, of, of this cold. I don't buy it. Um, but yeah, it's going to get worse. The, the fear mongering is going to ratchet up in the next two weeks. I guarantee it. And I guarantee all these chicken littles are going to feel emboldened as the news gets more sensational and, and sensational. There's a degree of yellow journalism that... You know, it's going to take some time and some distance, get some proper perspective on this. But this is a fucking black mark on the history of journalism. It's, if you look at the news reports, if you read them, I mean, I try to stay away from the television. Um, it's just not a good thing. 
Um, fuck, speakeasy is open. Password is orgy. Uh, did I say that out loud? You don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck you. Uh, so what have I been doing? Cooped up in my parents' fucking basement like some cliche loser. Uh, been watching Tiger King. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Watching the Tiger King. Jesus. I, I, I just want to get... I just want to get butt-fucked by a big old kitty cat. That's all I want to do, y'all. I just want to get butt-fucked by a big old feline with their barbed penises, you know, little hooks on them so I can't get away. I don't want to be... I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to be judgmental in somebody's lifestyle. That's not what I'm about. And I, and I hope this doesn't sound too harsh. But I feel... I hope everybody in this documentary gets mauled to death by a tiger by the end of it. I'm hoping that's... The final payoff. Please tell me that's what's happening. Everybody's like, oh, you got to stick with it. Wait until the end. It just, it just gets crazier and crazier. I'm like, look, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to tap. I've only, I'm only two episodes in. I think I'm going to tap out. I just can't. It, it's too Jerry Springer-like. It's like, why am I enjoying this? I have to really analyze myself. Why, why am I deriving pleasure from watching these freak shows? Why? And, and it's like, I gotta, it's probably just to feel superior, right? Is that why we, we watch this? I mean, this is a fucking phenomenon. Is that the word? Yeah, phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. It's, a, it's streaming on the Netflix. You know, they got us all quarantined. Pump up, pump us with pablum. Pump us with entertaining pablum. Keep us entertained, docile. I just want to be comfortable and safe. I want to be safe, comfortable, and entertained. I don't need any freedom or rights because I just want to be comfortable, safe, and entertained. Uh, <laughs> I just want to feel superior to the people I watch. Good God. I don't know, man. And here's, here's the other thing. like, I, I always get the impression there's just like a media agenda to depict certain groups in a bad light. Like, you, you notice this sometimes with black folks. Like, I, I feel media will depict, they have like an agenda to depict black people a certain way, okay? But I don't think it's unique to black people. I don't like it when I see that because I think this is an example of like trying to give white people a bad, like black and brown folks out there. If you, every every uh, 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 stereotype of white people you might have consciously or subconsciously, you're going to see it played out to an extreme level in this fucking documentary. We're talking toothless, meth-addicted hillbillies obsessed with these animal people. What is with white people and animals? I hate to... It's the most cliche hack premise in comedy, but I, it's a legitimate question. What the fuck is with white people and animals, right? Because this is an extreme example with the big cats, but there's dog people, there's horse people, there's fucking cow people. There's just this obsession with fucking animals. Like, where does this come from? What's going on here? Because you got that, you got the homosexuality angle, you got just the filthy, like, how they're living. It's like every, every stereotype, every negative stereotype of whitey you can think of is just like, shoved into your face and I feel offended as a white man I feel that's bad that is bad uh, images I don't give a fuck I'm just kidding I'm just fucking with you but you know they showed the here's how crazy these motherfuckers are the the, the only 
the least unlikable character is a former drug kingpin who probably murdered a guy. He's like the, he's the most sympathetic of these big cat owning douchebags. And I'm no animal rightist, you know. But I think both extremes are kind of the same side. I'm sorry, the different side of the same coin. Um, just let the fucking animals be. Tigers are are like murder. They're like evil murder machines, granted. But they are also kind of cool uh, when they are doing tiger things in a tiger environment, right? Stay the fuck away from them, I would, uh, I would uh, advise. But let, let the fucking animals be. They said some stat. They said there's more uh, captive tigers in the United States than there are tigers in the wild. I don't fucking get it. This obsession with putting uh, big any animal in a cage and just being close to it and trying to befriend it. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Maybe you dog people can give me a little little insight here, because because I like dogs. And I like I like the dog people, um, the ones that keep it under control. But like, what is the what is the what is it that makes you put them above people? What makes you obsessed with them? And and, and if you're obsessed with your pit bull or your I don't know, your St. Bernard, pick a breed. You know, people have breeds, right? They have a type. Uh, I'm a boxer guy. I only fuck with mastiffs, you know? Like, what is it that, uh, I don't know, what, what is it? Do, do, you, do you see yourself in them? Is it, uh, I don't know, whatever. I, I like dogs, but it's just like, why, why not treat them like dogs, Instead of babies. Okay, should we get off this subject? Are, are we done with the with the cat king? What the fuck, the tiger king? And then what's that lady? Carol? Apparently she killed her husband. Haven't got that far yet. I just in, in appreciating the hypocrisy of having these fucking cats in a cage. We gotta save cats from cages. Okay, okay, we gotta save them from cages. What are we gonna do with them? We're gonna put them in cages. Why? We gotta keep them safe before they die. All right. Uh, no further questions. So that's the that's the Tiger King. What else you got going? Watching Netflix. What else am I doing? Fucking shooting a bow. Trying to shoot a bow. What do I do? I go to a state park, little lake. Go on the beach. On the beach. No Corona. You got to find your beach. I go find my beach. I got a little, um, uh. Little fucking tar. Well, I don't know what the fuck the targets are made of, but it's a little animal. Looks like a raccoon. I don't want to get a big, fucking animal, big target to shoot at. I'm not gonna. Where? Do, I'm not gonna travel with it. Give me a little. Give me a little fucking animal. Give me the littlest animal you got. He's like, how about a raccoon? I said, fine. We'll put a fucking raccoon in the cart there. So I travel around with a little raccoon and a garbage bag. Am I just painting a visual of a? Oh my fucking Huck Finn. So I have a fucking, um, sorry, Tom Sawyer, whatever, one of those two river rats, which would be the one that would, whatever the case. So I take my little target, shoot some fucking arrows in it, and then uh, I stop doing it, and then I sit down and I think, what the fuck am I doing? Like, 
it's a fun time waster. But what I'm trying to say, folks, is I'm lonely. I don't have <laughs> I don't have a very very limited human interaction. Although I I was invited on a podcast last week with uh, Blackbeard the Bastard, diabetic, and Zach Drash, Dresh, and I uh, had a good time. Drank a little too much. Um, just a bunch of degenerates. All, right. All they want to talk about is anal fisting and scat, right? Just, just not, not for the children. And um, that was a great time. That guy's got a good setup. He's got it made, man. He's got a a, a very patient wife. Shout! <laughs> got a fucking gun range and a, a podcast studio. Um, as far as you know, why, why am I outing the bastard? I'm sorry. Point is. I'm fucking bored, and I don't know about you guys, like you introverts and you agoraphobes, agoraphobes, you know, the people that are afraid of crowds, you guys are just, you guys are like a pig in shit right now, just loving life, everybody's gonna be like me now, I'm just an introverted son of a bitch, I'm a hermit, I don't need human interaction, why do I do the same voice every time when I'm, when I'm, embodying somebody who I disagree with. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, other part of my conscience? But it's a good question. No, you introverts are loving this shit. And I'm, I'm an introvert. On, on, uh, I'm extreme one way or the other. I am either extremely introverted or I am extremely extro- extroverted. In general, if I am home and I am... Uh, yeah, home. I am introverted. I'm home. Time to rest. Get shit done. Read. Write. Uh, what else? What do you do? Fucking sleep. I'm introverted at home. Somebody call. I don't want to talk to you. You call me. I'm at home. I don't want to talk to you. You better. You better send me a text message. But if I'm outside of home, total opposite. Super extroverted. What am I gonna do? Go outside of home. Stand in a corner like a weird. Lurker. That was actually kind of my move in uh, doing the open mics in New York. You know, you know, you're nervous, especially when you're the newer guy. I, I was, I was a great lurker. I was my lurking game was top notch. That's what you got to do when you're tall. When you're tall, you got to get in the back, just lurk. <laughs> oh boy. Oh jeebus. We are, what are, how many time, how much time we've done? 19 minutes? 19 minutes of this ramble jamble bullshit. Uh, so here's, what do I want to get to? Oh, here's what I was thinking. The 20s are back. I know uh, we've talked about this. It's, it's not a new observation. The 20s are back. And, but it's got me thinking, like, this is a new prohibition. This being cooped up shit. Now, right now, we are in the thick of the mass peer pressure to keep people in. Both sides of the political aisle, as far as I can see, are both, you gotta stay inside. If you don't, you're an asshole. You gotta flatten the curve. All this shit is right now at the highest point it will be. It's going to subside as time moves on and the death tally starts to peter out and we get some perspective and we see and we compare it to previous years and other illnesses and we kind of you know get our heads back you know once our 
rational part of our brain starts to kick in here in the next three weeks to a month. Uh, after we get sick and tired of, of this lockdown nonsense, there's going to be a, a resistance, for lack of a better word. There's going to be... So what I'm trying to say is we're, this is a new prohibition. And new, new prohibitions call for new countercultures. Because that's really the central drama at play in any society, really. It's the, it's the conflict between established order um, and a counter-argument to that established order. And it takes the forms of you know, different archetypes of different decades... Right? What you have in the 40s? You had the zoot suit guys wearing zoot suits. You had the beatniks in the 50s trying to point out the, um, the suffocating hypocrisy of 1950s conservative America, right? Offering an alternative life of, of, uh, of freedom and, and expanded horizons that was coupled with what? What? The interstate system, I suppose. Uh, more access to cars. That's what you had on the road. This idea of travel. Had it to the uh, wood. They passed the baton to the hippies. Took a different route with it aesthetically. Had different uh, battles to fight: civil rights and uh, anti-Vietnam War. Right? You had that. Um, even had uh, you know hippie quote-unquote communes, uh, especially in the 70s, that were pervasive in the American Southwest and West. Uh, people trying to get off the grid, and again, um, live a life that to them had some sort of meaning that was at odds with the prevailing status quo, right? You know, you know this. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm uh, recapping this for you. Just sometimes it, it helps to kind of remember. And the, seven, and the hippies gave way to the what? You know, the punk rockers, right? Punk rock. And what's funny is every counterculture iteration kind of rebels not only uh, against the establishment, but they also kind of rebel against the previous counterculture, like the hippies would shit on the beatniks the beatniks thought the hippies were a bunch of douchebags and then the punk rockers thought the hippies were a bunch of douchebags and the, the mods and the the teddy boys in the in england right i guess that was the british equivalent of the beatniks the teddy boys that where the beatles got their aesthetic from okay if the 80s we'll get the 90s internet age starts to um we really get connected and things kind of get scrambled, scrambled, jambled with the internet. And what was once counter uh, is now establishment. Think about the word hipster. That's an interesting word. Uh, nobody likes a hipster uh, as currently defined. Um, but hipster currently defined is actually the complete opposite of what a hipster was defined as in the 1940s and 50s. Right? Today, a hipster means a yuppie. What we call a hipster in 2020 and 1985 was referred to as a yuppie, a young urban professional, right? Young urban professionals are on the latest trends, you know, whether it's pretending to look poor or pretending to look rich, whatever the style happens to be. But what we call hipsters are are very mainstream. It's a very... Um, the, Advertisers love hipsters because they really know how to market to them because their tastes are very predictable, very predictable. And so, uh, but a hipster in the 40s and 50s meant the complete opposite. A hipster in the 40s and 50s meant somebody who was aware of the system's 
uh, pratfalls, was aware of the system's agenda and navigated reality accordingly, okay? Um, which would mean, I don't know, uh, listening to the jazz, smoking the herb, right? Uh, not treating black people like dog shit. What a concept. Um, they were they were hips. They were they were ahead of the curve. They were a little bit, uh, uh, you know, they're sometimes decades. Ahead. You know, it's funny. You go back and you look at guys like Dizzy Gillespie, 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 Dizzy Gillespie. That guy looked like, I mean, with his style, his glasses, his fucking beret, his little soul patch. That motherfucker could be performing in 2020. He, he looks this stylistically. He was like a fucking time traveler. He was that ahead of the fucking curve. Louis Armstrong, one of the country's first. Uh, um, uh, pothead of notoriety. Louis Armstrong, earlier, as the 30s, this guy was smoking reefer. Got arrested. Uh, publicist managed to sweep it under the rug until his deathbed. What the fuck is my point that I'm rambling about? Oh, countercultures against the establishment, right? And the established order always has had the agenda of limiting human contact. That's always been the thing. Whether it was the war against free love and the free love generation uh, may have pushed it too far. They may have taken that idea to an extreme that uh, hurt the family unit. That's not an unreasonable argument, uh, but it's certainly true that the establishment does not like free love, does not like the exchange of ideas, does not like social interaction. And that's what worries me about this social distancing bullshit, because as we've already established, the pretext for it is complete nonsense. It's, it's this season's cold. They're scaring the shit out of us with this season's cold. Um, it just seems that's when people give up. When people don't have human contact, when people are isolated, when people are only interacting through machines that put them in contact with ideas that are designed to disempower them. Be afraid. Be afraid. You're not good enough. You need to buy this. Oh, no. Freak out. Just whatever you do, don't take a deep breath. Don't exhale slowly in a quiet room and really think about something. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get within six feet of a person and start talking and looking them in the eye. No, we don't want that. That's no bueno. Um... Good news is, I hope, after this passes, not only will the Chicken Littles look like a dumbass and an overreacting crowd of ninnies, I hope, too, that I was overreacting. This overdramatic, oh, no, we're going to be locked down, no more human internet. Hopefully this will pass and I'll look like a dumbass for worrying about martial law and all that shit. Okay? Um... Because like I said, you don't want to be guy. You don't want to be the right guy in martial law. You don't want to, told you so. Uh, you, know, you know, I'd rather be free in saying, yeah, we were, we were both wrong. Eight million people didn't die and the government didn't do martial law. What a weird little chapter in our lives. What a weird little chapter. Boy, I hope we learned something from it. But like I said, new prohibitions necessitate new countercultures. And so what will this new iteration look like after people start to question this nonsense once it hits critical mass well we're gonna it's gonna have to be a 
kind of a mixture of the 1920s speakeasy counterculture, you know, uh, with the 1960s idea of um, human whatever that word, you know, the free love idea that uh, uh, that love def- de- defeats division. Well, you know, that hippy-dippy bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hippy-dippy bullshit, but like all, most bullshit, there's, there's something to it. There is something to it. And um, so I foresee a new, a new uh, resistance in the, in the coming years if they do indeed clamp down, uh, let's say, the, the worst-case scenario that I described, my bullshit, my bullshit martial law scenario. Uh, we would see the form in underground speakeasies and folks' living rooms. Uh, we might see the uh, musicians having more work. Similarly, in the uh, during prohibition, when you know you needed entertainment, and so all these out of work musicians suddenly found they had gigs. You know, small bands. You can't have be too loud. So you have little little parties, little pockets of parties. Imagine where it's subversive, an act of political subversion to hug people, um, to to gather in groups of more than ten. Oh my God, they're breaking the law. Who are these crazy kids? And they're anti-establishment ways. They're even kissing on the lips. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's what it's going to be like. It's going to turn us all into high schoolers. Remember when you'd party in a, as a high schooler? Uh, you know, you can't drink legally, so you'd, where would you go? you have to go to your friend's parents' house when they were out of town. Or maybe if you're in the uh, rural America, you find a cornfield or some shit. You go drink in the back of, I don't know what the fuck you do. But point is, you couldn't just go to an establishment uh, legally a legally uh, ordained establishment and, and have a beer like a free man. No, you got to keep that shit. And didn't you have more fun? Hmm? Wasn't drinking more fun when it was illegal anyway? Wasn't partying more fun when it was against the law? We're all going to have to do that. 45-year-olds trying to trying to keep <laughs> trying to keep the address of the of the shindig uh, under wraps lest any John Q law enforcement catch wind and bust the party. You have 12 human beings in here exchanging ideas and laughing off with off with you to the paddy wagon. Right? Yeah, government doesn't want... Yeah, they're really interested in, in flattening this curve, which is why they don't want you to get fresh air. Right? They'd rather put you in a jail if they catch you getting fresh air in some of these goofy states. Just take them at their word that it's for your protection. That's always the pretext for your it's never for your protection. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. If they if they probably won't prefer you to be dead. If they give a fuck about you? Jesus Christ. Can one of these famous people get at least a cough? If I'm going to believe this shit? Can one of you cough? I don't know. I don't know. But those people, yes, there are people dying. Am I just repeating? uh, I'm just a record at this point. Repeating the same shit. I repeated in the last podcast. Let's call it quits, huh, guys? Let's call it quits uh, today. Uh, So enjoy your speakeasy, your personal speakeasy right now, wherever you are, as you're quarantined. Hopefully you're getting your drink on. Um, Hey, it's Thursday night. Drink them if you got them. And uh, we will see you next week. You guys have a great week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye-bye.